Allow me to read that verse with you again. These words, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. After the proclamation of God's word, we'll sing from Psalm 118, 1, 5, 6, 7, and 8. 118, 1, 5, 6, 7, and 8. After the sermon. Dear brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, as you know, tomorrow is Thanksgiving Day. And so we tend to call today Thanksgiving Sunday. It's a day in which we reflect on God's provision in our lives and we take some time, some more time than we perhaps normally do, to thank Him for His provision in our lives. In Scripture, though, in the Bible, to give thanks to God is much more than simply thanking Him for the fact that we have food to eat, clothes to wear, car to drive in, house to live in, toys to play with. Because, brothers and sisters, isn't it true? And just reflect on your own life for a moment. You might have all of those things that I just listed, but isn't it true that it can still be so difficult to feel and to be thankful all of the time? It's true, of course, that as Christians we always have things to be thankful for. In fact, we often say that to each other. Perhaps you even tell yourself, yourself this at times. You say, we've got so much to be thankful for. And it's true. But sometimes we can use that line, that line that we have so much to be thankful for, as a bit of a crutch. I've got this thing or these things, these not-so-nice things going on over here in my life. It's messy and it's ugly and it makes me feel miserable. I don't like it one little bit. But then we tell ourselves when we stand back and just take a moment to reflect on the big picture, we say, well, yes, I do have still a lot to be thankful for. After all, I've been bought by Christ's blood and it's his father and my father who gives me my clothes to wear, my food to eat, etc., it's he, we confess, who has given me this and that and maybe a special friend or whatever it is. And we conclude then, even though there's lots of stuff going on over here, perhaps we conclude, yes, we've got lots to be thankful for. But what of this stuff over here? The messy, the ugly stuff. What, what are you going to do with that tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day? Are you going to give thanks for that too? Because isn't that what Paul is saying? Give thanks in all circumstances. Yes, over here, all the good stuff, but then also over here among all the ugliness of life. On this Thanksgiving Sunday, I bring you God's word from 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18. And our text is our theme. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
We're going to break our text into two halves or two parts of our text. Give thanks in all circumstances. We consider that first. And then secondly, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So first of all, give thanks in all circumstances. We celebrate Thanksgiving Day every year. Every year, each of our lives are made up of what we might call the good things, the wonderful stuff over here. But every year again, there are also those things that happen in our lives, perhaps in the lives of our loved ones too, which cause disappointment, heartache, physical pain perhaps, disappointing business performance, for example, the restrictions of old age, trouble in relationships, difficulty making ends meet. And sometimes we've even had a year, if we think back between now and this time last year, when you say it's just been a down year. Lots of things have happened in this category of not-so-nice things. And that was most certainly the case for the Christians of Thessalonica. We read chapter 5, and the first part of that chapter, as well as the last part of chapter 4, makes it clear that they had some questions about Christ's return. There was uncertainty in their lives. Questions that Paul seeks to answer as best he can, given what God has revealed to him. But notice what Paul does in the opening verses of chapter 5. He shifts their focus from that final day of history, what they were wondering about, what they were troubled by, to the reality of their daily lives. He says, in effect, look, that day is coming, although we don't know when. What's important though, dear readers, he writes to them, is that you are sons and daughters of the light. That's verse 5. That means that you need to be alert and self-controlled, verse 6, as you live in anticipation of that day. You need, goes on Paul in verse 6, you need to, sorry, verse 8, to put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. Because, and then he goes on verse 9, for God has not destined you for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So like the Christians that Paul is writing to, we too, brothers and sisters, are sons and daughters of the light, living through this very daily life in anticipation of Christ's return. But that wonderful reality, that glorious anticipation, does not, we know, exempt us from the hardships of daily life. It didn't exempt the Christians from less of Thessalonica either. That's clear from this letter. In chapter 1, verse 6, Paul tells us that they were suffering terribly. That was part of their life. That was something in what you might call this category over here, ugly stuff, suffering. That's what they were dealing with. And some of that suffering was inflicted by their fellow countrymen, chapter 2, verse 14. And in chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, Paul tells them that he has sent Timothy to them, chapter 3, verse 2, halfway verse 2, to establish and exhort you in the faith that no one may be moved by these afflictions, these trials. For the Christians of Thessalonica, there was a lot of stuff going on over here, messy, difficult, and not so nice. In what we read in chapter 5, Paul gives some context, a framework, you might say, to everything that they're going through. As he begins to wrap up here in chapter 5, his letter, he writes in verse 23, right at the end, and 24, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, 
And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. The point is this, that in everything that they are experiencing, the things over here, the good things, but then also the things over here, the difficult, the ugly things, in all of those things, Paul's saying, God is sanctifying them. He is through it all, this and this, preparing them for that eternity. He's busy in their lives, ensuring that everything, come judgment day, that in everything they will be blameless. And that's precisely where this last part of the letter, chapter 5, verse 12 through 28, fits in. These are, you might say, instructions from the apostle about how we are to live as sons and daughters of the light those who are living in anticipation of Christ's return. In verses 12 through 13, you might see it there, he gives instructions as to what their attitude should be to church leaders. In verses 14 through 15, he speaks about how church members ought to relate to one another as a body. And then we get to verses 16 through 18, of which verse 18 is our text. See it there, verse 16 through 18, joyful, prayerful, thankful, Those are the attitudes that should mark every Christian in all of their life as they anticipate Christ's return. And brothers and sisters, let's acknowledge it immediately. Those characteristics don't come naturally to us. Always joyful, always prayerful, always thankful. You tell me, is that natural to you? I know it's not to me. To be thankful in all circumstances, for example, is not something that we find particularly easy. It's not always, that thankfulness is not always right there at the forefront of our hearts and minds. Yes, it's true, of course, that thankfulness is something that we have to learn. That's obvious. Take a child, for example. You give them something and you need to teach them when they're one or two years old to say thank you. You crouch in front of the child. Mums, you can picture yourself doing this. You crouch in front of your child. You offer them a cookie and you say, say thank you. Say thank you. And even then, they don't always do it. See, it's not automatic. It's not an automatic part of who we are as sinful human beings to be always thankful and to express our thankfulness. And then as that child grows up, he or she learns to say thank you at the appropriate times. I'm sure that you've noticed that Paul doesn't say in our text, he doesn't say in our text, be thankful whenever something happens that makes you feel thankful, like the birth of another child. Paul isn't saying, isn't saying just be thankful when you're in the mood for thankfulness. Now look at our text. Paul says here, give thanks in all circumstances. You notice that? In all circumstances. To understand that, it's instructive here to notice something about our text as compared to verses 16 and 17, just prior to our text. Literally, verse 16 and 17 say this, always be joyful, continually pray. If you're interested here, Paul gives here an adverb followed by an imperative verb. You must be joyful. When? Always. You need to pray. When? How often? Well, continually, he says. 
If it helps, you could think of those two commands in this way. Paul is saying being joyful and being in prayer are things that need to blanket your whole life. All of life needs to be characterized by joy and by prayer. Think of how a snowfall blankets everything well. Our life needs to be covered. Our life needs to be blanketed, you could say, with joy and with prayer. But then we have verse 18, our text. Give thanks in all circumstances. And these three, be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, are rightfully taken together. But in the original language... The structure of the third phrase, give thanks in all circumstances, is slightly different than the other two. It's a major difference, but with a significant meaning. A minor difference, sorry, but with a significant meaning. Paul is not saying here, he could have, but he isn't. He's not saying you should have an attitude of thankfulness in your whole life. He's not saying either let, blank, let thankfulness blanket everything, just like joy and prayer need to blanket our life. Rather, Paul is saying, let me give it to you very literally, he's saying, in everything, in everything, give thanks. Do you hear the difference? He's not saying in relation to the messy stuff over here, look, he's, he's not saying, he's not saying this in relation to this group of activities and things in our life that's going on. He's not saying, look, remember this list of things to be thankful for over here. Well then, cover this stuff over here, this messy, ugly stuff, cover it with thankfulness, remembering the things that you have over here. He's not saying, he's not saying, just make sure that you have an attitude of gratitude even when you're going through stuff over here. No, listen, Paul is saying, in everything, give thanks. Or, as we have it translated here in our Bibles, give thanks in all circumstances. When you're down here, and life is difficult and messy and ugly, hard to cope with, Paul says, in that circumstance, give thanks. But also over here, of course, when life is good and bright and shiny all over, in that circumstance too, give thanks. Paul has another English term, has chosen his preposition carefully, the word in. In, in all circumstances, give thanks. In this circumstance over here, where it's easy to give thanks, then yes, give thanks, absolutely. But then also over here, where it's not so easy, still give thanks. If on this Thanksgiving Day, you're weighed down by something, maybe it's a concern over business, maybe it's an ongoing health concern that prevents you maybe from even working. Maybe for you it's depression or the loss of a loved one or maybe a breakdown in a relationship or, and each of us can probably add something to the list. In that circumstance, says Paul, give thanks. If, on the other hand, on this Thanksgiving Day, you're not weighed down by anything, life is good and rosy, well then, too, in that circumstance, give thanks. 
Or if perhaps for you, your life, like most of ours are, are a mixture of the stuff over here as well as the stuff over here, then in each of those circumstances that makes up the mixture of our life, give thanks. Paul has said a very similar thing somewhere else, Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks to God for everything. And now you're wondering, well, how's that possible? To give thanks in all circumstances? Really? Is that what God requires from us? We come to our second point. You know, it's a good question. It's a really good question. How is it possible to give thanks in all circumstances? It's a good thing that Paul, at the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, finished the verse, the second half of our text, with these words, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God for Christ Jesus for you. I said it's a good thing that Paul finished the text like that because it's that last part of the verse that we learn how it's possible, it's even possible for one who belongs to God to give thanks in all circumstances, in all situations, including this one over here. Let's look at this part of the verse by considering, first of all, that phrase, for this is the will of God. We know from our Bibles that this phrase, God's will, or the will of God, is used in two different ways. The one way is God's will in terms of his moral will. We're talking about then what God has revealed to us in his word, the Ten Commandments. For example, the Ten Commandments are God's law, if you like, God's will for how we are to live our lives. We have an example of this use of the phrase God's will in this letter in chapter 4, verse 3. Chapter 4, verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. It's clear there what Paul means is God's moral will, what God requires of us the way that we live our lives. And there's no doubt, brothers and sisters, that that is present here in verse 18 too. It most certainly is God's will that we be thankful. That's something that God requires of us. There's no question about that. But the other way that Scripture uses the phrase God's will is in relation to God's ordination over everything, his control, his sovereignty over everything. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, Scripture calls this the secret will of God. God's will, then, is also his perfect plan for your life and for my life. It is God, God's will is also then his governing and his guiding of all of history. And I think, brothers and sisters, that Paul has that in mind when he writes our text. Because, listen, each of the circumstances, each of the circumstances in which Paul calls on his readers to give thanks are situations and circumstances which come about because of God's will. That's true for what happens over here in your life. It's also true over what happens here in your life. Think of what Paul wrote in chapter 3, verse 3. Actually, let me read for you chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. We, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in the faith that, listen to this, that no one be moved by these afflictions, 
For you, you yourselves know that we are destined for this. The difficult situations, that's Paul's point here, that they were experiencing, each circumstance they were destined for. That's what God had put on their place. That's what he says there, that for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. That too was under God's control. That too was part of God's will for their life. We need to understand this about, about our God, brothers and sisters. And I realize, I realize that this is something that we can struggle with. Everything that's happening in our lives, everything that's happening in your life, let me say it the other way around. Nothing, nothing that is happening in your life, the state of your personal finances, the state of your health, no circumstance of your life or my life has come about apart from God's will. Nothing. All the things that are happening over here and all the things happening over here, all of it has come about because of God's will. We confess this very clearly in a Lord's Day such as Lord's Day 10 of the Catechism. You see there that Lord's Day says this, it's not just the leaf and the blade, the rain and the fruitful years, the health and the riches, all the good things that come to us from God's fatherly hand. That Lord's Day makes it clear, it's also the things over here that Lord's Day mentions drought and barren years, the sickness, it mentions poverty. Indeed says that answer all things here and here come to us not by chance but by my Father's hand. We know from Matthew 10, 29 that not even one sparrow falls to the ground apart from his will. See, brothers and sisters, all of my life all of your life too is governed by his good and perfect will. That's true of this past season, past season too. It will be true of the next season. It will be true of every season of work as we await the great day when we hear the trumpet blast which will welcome our Saviour back to this earth. And see, that's why we're called that's why we can give thanks in all circumstances. Yes, in this messy, ugly thing over here, as well as the bright, shiny thing over here. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. It's God's will that you give thanks in each and every circumstance of your life, because, listen now, because in each and every circumstance, here and here of your life, it has come about because of God's goodwill. Well, at this point, you might be scratching your head and wondering, well, just because this thing over here has come about because of God's will, does that mean I have to be thankful for it? Is that what it means? Does it mean that I have to feel thankful for the thing over here? Because isn't it true? No one feels thankful for something difficult that happens. No one feels thankfulness for the stresses that come with a difficult situation. No one feels thankfulness for the struggles that come with, for example, trying to make ends meet. 
But listen carefully. Paul isn't saying be thankful because you're struggling, for example, financially. But he is saying, he is saying, in your financial struggle, be thankful. Do you understand the difference? In everything, in every circumstance that God has brought about, which is every circumstance of your life, be thankful. That's exactly what the Christians of Thessalonica would have heard Paul to be saying. That persecution that they were destined for, chapter 3, verse 3, and that they were indeed experiencing, yes, it was ugly, it was difficult, it was not nice at all. Those trials, says Paul, in amongst those trials, be thankful. And again, we wonder, well, how's that supposed to work? Well, Paul adds something after, for this is the will of God. He adds, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. See that? In Christ Jesus for you. Why did God bring about that particular set of circumstances in the lives of the Thessalonian Christians? Because each of those circumstances was God's will for them in Christ Jesus. If you read through the New Testament, you'll discover that this is a favourite of Paul's, this phrase, in Christ Jesus. He uses it over and over again. And Paul brings it out into our text, or brings it into our text, to show that the particular circumstances of one's life that God brings about by his will, he brings about because we are in Christ Jesus. Follow me here, brothers and sisters. This is so rich and allows us to joyfully and prayerfully obey the command to give thanks in all circumstances. Yes, these over here too. We are in Christ Jesus. This is the gospel. He bought us with his precious blood. We are in him and he in us, 1 John 4, 13. Or Galatians 2, 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Our life, brothers and sisters, your life, my life, is lived in union with our Saviour. That's clear in this letter too. Even Paul's opening greeting to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ and then verse 2 and 3, he gives thanks to God for them, the hope they have in our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 6 of chapter 1, they became imitators of the Lord. And he goes on in that verse, chapter 1, verse 6, For you receive the word in much affliction. They received the word about the Lord Jesus Christ in much affliction. Yes, in those trials, that's how that when they received it, with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Christ's Spirit was in them so that they knew the joy of belonging to him. Yes, even in those circumstances. See, this union they and we have with Christ is so full, it's so rich, so complete, so precious. It means that in all circumstances we are secure in him. Secure. Not only in the sense that we will be blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 23 of our chapter, but also, also secure in the sense, listen now, that in each and every circumstance of life, by means of this messy, ugly stuff over here, as well as the bright, shiny stuff over here, by means of each and every circumstance, Christ Jesus is sanctifying me. He's sanctifying us. 
sanctifying, verse 23, sanctifying us through and through. Sanctifying us, meaning through all circumstances of life, this stuff here and this stuff here too, through all circumstances of life, he is renewing us. He's using, yes, this, this ugly, miserable, difficult stuff over here. He's using that to keep us in union with him. Keeping us in union with Christ, our Saviour. And that's why in all circumstances we can be thankful because in all circumstances he is keeping us or is using all circumstances to keep us close to him. So is it realistic, brothers and sisters? Is it realistic on this Thanksgiving day to give thanks not just for all the blessings but also for all these circumstances in your life? Is Thanksgiving Day a day simply to make a list of all those blessings you have and for one day focus just on that list and so express thankfulness to God for that list of things you have to be thankful for? Oh yes, of course, Thanksgiving Day is for that. Absolutely. But Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, seeks to drive our thanksgiving to a much deeper level, a much richer place. The place, brothers and sisters, where we can willingly obey the command to be thankful in all circumstances, also those over here. How does that become possible? By accepting in faith that the stuff over here, the messy, the ugly, the miserable stuff too, does not happen apart from God's will. Rather, he, in his perfect, unfathomable wisdom, brings those things about in our life too because it's his will for us in Christ Jesus. Because you are one in Christ, with Christ, God is busy in your life, both here and over here, sanctifying you through it all. Busy, graciously busy in your life, keeping you connected with your Saviour. So to finish up, what is it then to give thanks in every circumstances, in every circumstance? Over here, it looks like this, and this is where we're most familiar, most comfortable to. Over here, giving thanks in all circumstances is this. It is, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for all your wonderful gifts. You bless me in so many ways. You give me your spirit. You're sanctifying me through Jesus Christ. Give me your spirit, Lord, so that also through your blessings I may continually grow closer to you. And what does it look like over here? What does giving thanks in all circumstances look like here? Over here it is, even as you're praying for relief 
from whatever the difficulty might be, it is to say, Lord, as hard as this is, as messy and ugly as this is, I want to thank you for being busy in my life. I want to thank you, Lord, for through this difficulty continually sanctifying me. It is to say, Lord, thank you for working with me, working in me, and keeping me in union with my Saviour, Jesus Christ. To give thanks is to simply look up and thank him for his son and thank him for doing whatever is necessary here and here in our lives to keep us in union with him. Brothers and sisters, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen.